a pen and a napkin. We're going to hit you here with a little uh, short, sweet, and to the point sub-podcast of the original podcast. Uh, Again, coaches, if you haven't had a chance to check out our A Pen and a Napkin original podcast, our interviews with outstanding coaches, please uh, please be sure to do so. But we're going to try something out here, uh, uh, a short little, uh, hopefully 10 to 12 minute podcast here once a week, and we're going to call it Book Club. So this is a pen and a napkin book club. And what I want to do is I want to share my love of reading and my love of reading books about coaching with other coaches to try and help coaches become better coaches. Uh, I think it's really important as a coach that you do spend a lot of time reading and keeping up on information. Uh, Podcasts are great, obviously. Uh, Film is great. But also, there's so much information to be tapped out there uh, when it comes to reading and books. So once a week, we're going to try this out um, and see what folks think. Uh, I would love to have your feedback on this. Ch- uh, send something to the Twitter page, a pen and a napkin. Email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Would love to hear the feedback. If it's good, we're going to keep doing it. If you really like it, we're going to keep doing it. If it if it stinks, hey, we'll move on to something else and we'll keep experimenting with what we're trying to do here on the channel. So the first book we want to review here this week is a book called Practice Perfect. 42 Rules for Getting Better at Getting Better. And this book is written by Doug Lamov, Erica Woolway, and Katie Yezzi. Uh, This is a terrific, terrific book uh, for teachers, for coaches, for educators, for parents, for anybody in a leadership uh, position. I went back and printed off my original notes from the book today. Um, 23 pages of notes that I took out of this book. It is a terrific educational companion. It is a terrific book to read. I think it's almost a must read for any coach that wants to improve their craft. Uh, just some some lessons, just some important things, and I could go on forever about this book. There's so many good things in it, uh, but I'm just going to hit some of the highlights, uh, some of the really, really important high-level things that I think coaches need to know. Uh, the authors talk about a lot of different things here about building up a program, about communicating, so forth and so on. The best teachers as it says in the book, one of the key things I want to hit here, they obsess on how to efficiently use your time. How are you going to, and the book does a great job. It says not only do they talk about managing their minutes, but the best teachers worry about managing their seconds within the classroom. You know, Once that clock, uh, once that bell rings, how am I going to manage this class period? How can I get the most out of this 40, 42, 45, what, however long your class periods are if you're a teacher? Um, if you're in practice and you've got the kids in the gym for two hours, how are you not only going to manage every minute of the two hours, but how can you shave off seconds and those seconds add up to minutes? Uh, one of the things it talks about, uh, quick uh, corrections here, and we'll kind of get back into this, but another thing that it talks about as far as developing your students, and your students in this situation are your players, and, and you, you want to create an environment in your gymnasiums, coaches, where it's an extension of your classroom. That is, we are going to class, and we're also learning while we're having a lot of fun, and we're going to get to fun here in a little bit. But another thing that the authors talk about, identify simple, repeatable, 
actions that can be mastered quickly and can be uh, can turn bad habits into good habits. I, I think that's that's so great. And, and once kids start to develop good habits, good habits begot good habits, and and that's just going to build upon itself. Another great theme that the book talks about: master the twenty percent. And what they meant by that, or what they mean by that, is mastering the most important twenty percent. Uh, you know, 80% of your day is spent on the same 20% of the things. So when we're coaching basketball, we're talking about offensive transition. We're talking about defensive transition. We're talking about matching up. We're talking about communication. 80% of the time, those are the things that you're worried about. Uh, so, you're, you know, so you need to spend, you know, that time mastering that most important part of it. Um, one of the things that uh, the, the book says a great quote from the book in the heat of battle, the right maneuvers will come automatically. If you have that muscle memory, if you have drilled that stuff into your kids, coach Jungers in his podcast talked about the, the, the drilling and the fundamental, uh, ideas that they had drilled into their kids at new Alfonda. This is a great example of that. Uh, the book also talks about measurable objectives, and we talk about, well, we want to rebound better. We want to, uh, we want to run the floor better. You know, you need to have measurable objectives. And here's, here's a, uh, an example that the book uses. Uh, USA Soccer. Um, they're talking about any time that they lose possession of the ball, uh, they, their goal or what they want to do, their philosophy is they want to do everything that they can, can to do to win the ball back within six seconds. Okay. Once they turn it over, they got six seconds, and they drill it, and they drill it, and they drill it. If they don't get it back in six seconds, they drop back into their normal defensive strategy. Okay, and the 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 people involved in USA Soccer know that they've got six seconds to try and win the ball back. Then their job is to get back into their normal defensive position when the other team retains the possession. Their goal is to win back possession within. Uh, 60% of the time that they lose it within that six seconds. So they give it up. They got six seconds to get it back. They want to get it back within six seconds, 60% of the time. And that's some of the things that you're, you can talk about. Uh, your team has a turnover. Uh, it's a live ball turnover. You got three seconds to try and attack the ball and try to get it back. Otherwise, you're sprinting back in transition or something like that. You know. But that's some of the, the things that they talk about. Uh, create a common language, which is so vitally important, especially when you're dealing with your program. You want your coaches speaking the same language. You want your players speaking the same language. When everybody is speaking the same language, um, hey, you know, we got to close out with high hands. If everybody's saying close out with high hands, you know your kids have really bought into your philosophy. Uh, have your coaches, if, if you use, let's say, a color system for your defensive calls, or, you know, we're in green defense. And you got to make sure that your freshman coach, if, if green defense is your 2-3 zone, your freshman team, they got to call their 2-3 zone green defense. Your, if you've got a feeder program, your, your fourth graders need to call your 2-3 zone green. Your fifth graders, your sixth graders, on the way through. You've got to use that common language, all right? Good practices leave nothing to chance. You know, and some of that comes with experience. Uh, but you think about everything that can go wrong, could go wrong, and then you hope everything goes correctly. 
uh, but you, you leave nothing to change. You try to cover as many things as you possibly can. Again, so many good things in this book. Uh, talking about feedback, uh, you want to, they talk about uh, shortening the feedback loop, meaning a player makes a mistake and you need to give them feedback, uh, or if they do something really well, you want to give them positive feedback immediately, or if you need to correct something, you need to give them uh, the corrective feedback immediately as you possibly can so that they can correlate it to their last action. All right. Uh, and so the phrase that they use there is shortening the feedback loop. And you want to try and do that. Again, talking about language, you want to use that language as quickly as you can. Uh, Rick Pitino talks a lot about seven-second corrections. We want to we want to talk in seven-second bursts and get that on so that the players can continue to play. Um, it's also very important. Um, give solutions. You know, anybody can point out problems. We need to give solutions. Um, in that feedback sequence, uh, they talk about the sequence that should generally play out. You have a practice, you know, and a practice meaning an action. You have feedback. Then you do it over with using that feedback. And you possibly do that multiple times and then you reflect on the feedback and you try to decide if that's the best thing, the, the way to go about it. Do we try something else? Do we continue to go with this? You know, and, and that's the feedback loop and shortening that feedback loop. Also, they, they, they talk a lot about being positive and, and, and having a positive reinforcement. Uh, one of the key phrases, and I think we get caught up with this as coaches sometimes, uh, because we're kind of geared to to find the negatives and things because we want to improve them. But uh, I thought it was a great statement within the book. Uh, try to move from don't statements to what to do statements. Okay, instead of saying, you know, Johnny, don't close out like that. Uh, you say, Johnny, here's what you need to do here. Close out with high hands like this, and that instigation of verbiage helps put the kids in a better situation. They feel like it's a more positive correction. You're closing that feedback loop and everything is moving in the right direction there. Uh, along with errors, the, the book talks about normalizing error and making sure uh, that you know, you make it normal to make mistakes, but you also make it normal to receive feedback and you want to correct that error. Um, you want your players going out there. You want your players making mistakes. You want your players making aggressive mistakes because if they're not making mistakes per se, especially when they're, you know, trying to be aggressive, you know, you can't tell them to be aggressive, but then tell them to not make mistakes. You've got to live with one or the other. And I think it's more important to have your players be aggressive, to play without thinking, um, but normalize that and make it okay. Try not to discourage those mistakes as much as you can. Uh, just a few other things here. Um, for coaches, I think this was really interesting. Make your training stick. And I thought this was really specific for coaches. Um, you know, we come up with a lot of things uh, in the off season that we think of in June in July, and then we even get to the start of practice in November, and we really emphasize a thought process or how we speak or a certain cultural activity uh, in November for the first week, two weeks, maybe we get through it to a month, but if it's something really different, we always, or I don't want to say always, but we often fall back on what we used to do or how we used to do it. Um, it is important that we hold ourselves accountable and and emphasize 
the things that we say to, to make that training stick. All right. If we're asking players to correct shots, let's say, you know, uh, Jimmy, we're asking him to get more lift on his jump shot and, and snap his wrist off a little bit at a, at a higher release point. Uh, it's great if it works in June, but we've got to make sure we stay on Jimmy in November, in December, in January, whatever it may be. And we have to, and we're responsible that with that, with our own teaching philosophy as coaches as well. All right. Um, short positive phrases, you know, um, you know, coach Huger talked about BPR, um, with his shot selection. Uh, you know, and that's a just quick thing. You're in the, you're in the heat of the moment in a game. You say, Hey, Jimmy, was that in your BPR? You know, um, stuff like that. If, you know, one of the things I used to say is, you know, to be strong with the ball, I'd say rip it, you know? And so if, if a player is, is not strong with the ball, instead of saying, Hey, Jimmy, we, you gotta have, we gotta have you be stronger with the ball. You gotta get your elbows out and, and, and protect that better. You say, Hey, Jimmy, rip it, rip it through. And Jimmy knows exactly what you're talking about there. And then, you know, I think really perhaps the most important thing is to constantly echo the mission of your organization. Whatever your mission, whatever your purpose is within your team, within your program, that you're constantly repeating that and echoing that mission of your organization. So, again, terrific book, coaches. Practice Perfect, 42 Rules for Getting Better at Getting Better. Um, I would highly, highly recommend it uh, for any coach to go out there, read this book, take a ton of notes, get out the highlighter, and get the most out of it that you can. So uh, this has been our first edition of Book Club. I hope you guys really liked it. Uh, again, give us, give me some feedback. If you liked it, please let me know. If you think it uh, didn't help you out at all, hey, please let me know, and we'll try some other things, and we'll experiment with some other stuff. But, uh, you know, check out. Everything on Twitter, uh, a pen and a napkin. Check us out uh, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Um, and thanks for listening to the first edition of Book Club on a pen and a napkin.